Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. It's a crazy uh, age that we live in, isn't it? All these things happening, but I just believe that the church is continuing to grow. Uh, the kingdom of God is continuing to expand, and there's a passion that is reigniting in the hearts of believers right across this nation and beyond. And uh, I just think it's exciting times to be alive. And I just want to say thank you to Pastor Ben and Pastor Sarah. Thanks so much, guys, for having me here. You guys are awesome. Like, Ben, you are amazing, mate. Like, I consider you a good friend. We haven't known each other for like years and years, but you're just such a great encouragement to me. And uh, you've just, you're so passionate and committed about the people here. Like it's, it's very, um, very seldom do I come across uh, pastors who are just faith, so faithful and so focused, so committed to the, to the people. And um, both of you are just very significant. You've got great vision, great passion. And... Um, Pastor Ben's only half the man he is because of Pastor Sarah, of course. You're awesome. Seriously. We've had a lot of uh, fun times laughing and, and uh, it's been great. So why don't we give it up for the best senior pastors? Come on. You guys are blessed with the best. Such a great momentum and a spirit of faith in this place and I'm excited about this morning because I've, I was woken up very early this morning by the Holy Spirit and He says, I want to give you a specific word for Bright Church in this season that they're in right now. And so the title of the message is Expand, Increase and Have Dominion. And feel free to shout me down. I don't know about you, but where I'm from, they shout me down. They say, come on, preach it, Asian boy. <laughs> Any way you want to give it, I'll take it. I'll preach better according to the way you shout me down. All right? Yes, yeah, so as uh, Pastor Ben mentioned, my wife Lucy, uh, we met. We were teenage sweethearts. She was 17 at the time. Turn to the person next to you and say, teenage sweethearts? Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you're single, put your hand up. Look around. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There's your blessing. And so Lucy and I met and I... I gathered very quickly after meeting her family, extended family, that she's an Aboriginal girl, a Wiradjuri warrior. And so the Wiradjuri tribe goes all the way from the bottom of Queensland to the top of Victoria. And so it's the largest tribe in Australia and uh, got to meet so many of her uh, cousins and family, extended relatives. And I love it. I love the Indigenous people um, and I'm married into it now. And so it's been fantastic. But I'm Japanese She's Aboriginal, so now our two boys, Samuel and Isaac, are Japoriginals. <laughs> Crazy. No, it's a true story, true story. I saw Samuel, my seven-year-old son, out the backyard at our house with a chopstick in his hand with nothing but underwear on, going like this. I'm like, what are you doing? Samuel is like, I'm hunting for kangaroo, Dad. I'm looking for some kangaroo sushi. That is called an identity crisis right there. That's an identity crisis. Pray for me, please. Seriously. I need some help. I need Jesus. Got the Jap originals running around in their underwear. If any of you have anything against me, I'll just get the Jap original boys on you. They'll hunt you down. You'll have a thousand chopsticks flying at your head at the speed of light. They'll get you. They'll get you. So cool. Expand. Increase. And have dominion. That is 
God's purpose for our personal lives. And as we get that revelation, what happens is it transfers from our personal life into our collective life as a community. And so with Bright Church as our community, we are loyal and faithful to the community that God has put us in. Like any family, our responsibility is to contribute to it. And our aim and our goal and our pursuit is for our family to become significant and to become successful in everything. And everything, even little that we do, makes a massive difference because we're part of a family. I just want to tell you, I don't know if you've been here for a week or three weeks or two years or five years or however long you've been here, you belong here. And you don't have to believe in God to belong. You belong here. You're a part of the family. And I just want to encourage each and every one of you that you are very significant. You're a vital part of the growth and the moving forward of this church. Each and every one of you are incredibly valuable, loved by God, and you've got such an incredible future over you. But God has called you to expand, to increase, and have dominion. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, it doesn't tell us as Christians, it doesn't tell us as believers to have a defeated spirit. No, what it goes on to say is that it says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. We need to start declaring that over our lives. No matter what the enemy throws at me, I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to trust in God and know that He's a good, good Father. And by nature, He is good and His goodness will radiate upon my life and He will show love towards me. I'm going to trust in Him. I'm not going to freak out. No matter what the situation and circumstance screams at me, I will overcome the enemy. He will not be able to hurt me. And that's the spirit that we carry. Not a defeated spirit, but a victorious spirit. If you've got a victorious spirit, why don't we give the Lord a hand right now? Victory is ours. The battle has been won. At Calvary on the cross, we are victors. Not defeated, but victors. I mean, I looked at my life in the past growing up, and I looked at my situation, and it looked very defeated. I mean, I grew up. In a household, government housing complex, with three brothers and a father who suffered from extreme alcoholism, looked defeated. And he was very depressed and he used to take illegal substances, very defeated. And so I grew up and I was so broken and so lost and hurt and rejected that I ended up having court case after court case after court case. And then I did anger management counseling for over 12 months. And as a young person, as a young teenager, my life was defeated. It looked defeated. And all of a sudden, I get a phone call in the midst of chaos, in the midst of calamity in my life. I get a phone call from my eldest brother saying, you need to go to the hospital because the father that you barely even know is dying from an overdose. And so you need to go there and say your last goodbyes to your father. Defeat. Defeat, defeat, screaming defeat. The enemy is trying to scream defeat over us. So I go to the hospital and I hold him in my arms, the father that I barely even knew growing up, and he dies in my arms from an overdose as I'm a teenager. And I feel like even in this room, there are some people that we're letting, we're letting our past experiences dictate 
our present and our future. But I believe that instead of allowing those things to dictate our present and our future, we should allow God's grace to determine our destiny. We should say, no, that's not who I am. That's what happened, but that's not who I am. I'm not defined by what the enemy says, and I'm not defined by having a defeated spirit, but I will rise up from the ashes, and I will make a difference in this world for Jesus Christ. And so I, not long after that, I gave my life to Jesus. He radically transformed my life. And ever since that, I've had such a passion and a burden to see souls saved and to see lives encountered by the Holy Spirit because I realized that Sometimes it's not teaching that changes lives. It's sometimes not a sermon. It's sometimes not a course or a program or a service. Sometimes it's the encounter, the encounter of the Holy Spirit that gets a hold of somebody and changes your life. We're not defeated. We are victors. And God spoke to me and said, Teo, I've got something great for you. Stop looking around you and going, oh, look at this person and comparing my life to that person. No, there's something for you. Get a revelation, expand, increase, and have dominion for you. I want you to make a difference in this generation. And so I looked at the life of my father, and there was one lesson that I learned from my father, and that was do not waste your life. Take a positive from the negative. Whatever the enemy does, whatever the enemy has done in our life, whatever he's done, he's intended it for evil, but God meant it for good in your life. Amen. He's going to turn all circumstances. He's going to turn it around for your benefit and for your good. He's going, to, he's going to outwork everything for your benefit. And what he's going to do, he's going to lift you up. And all of a sudden, your pain is going to provide you a platform. Yes, and the pressure you go through is going to give you a purpose in life. As you have a faith to persevere. And so we cannot waste our life. God has grafted us in this community to make a difference and it's up to us now to step up, to rise up, stop complaining about the past and not have a pity party and start to say, God, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to change the world for you as faith begins to stir. This is what Victor Hugo says. Short as life is, we make it still shorter by the careless waste of time. Anybody have Candy Crush? I did. Until Lucy deleted it. <laughs> the Holy Spirit speaks to me through Lucy a lot of the time. Tao, yeah? Do the dishes. Yes, Holy Spirit. <laughs> they interviewed a whole bunch of elderly people before they passed away. And this is, these are the answers that they got as a response to the questions that they asked. What are the regrets that you have in life? If you could do life again, what would you do differently? Number one, these are some of the regrets. I wish I lived with more purpose. 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 No limitations. Break free from anything that is holding you back. From the sin that easily ensnares us, let's live in purpose. Let's ask God, what have I been created to do? Let's live in purpose. God, what is my role in this local church? What can I put my hands to? Moses was given a staff. David was given a sling and a rock. What is your purpose? Because God has already given you what you need in your hand. You just need to activate that for God. Number one, live with more purpose. Number two, I wish I was there more for my loved ones. Making sure we prioritize what God has called us to be a steward of. Number three, 
I wish I helped more people. Our fulfillment and our joy often comes from helping others, from enhancing the lives of others around us. We are created to support, encourage, and enhance the lives of others, and you will receive joy because it is much more blessed to give than to receive. Number four, I wish I took more risks in life. That's the most dangerous place to be in a place where you're settled, in a place of complacency, in a, in a place where it's mediocre. It's a dangerous place to live. People are saying before they die on their deathbed, they're saying, I wish I took more risks. Well, we don't have to wait for that. We can live and we can let that be active in our heart now where we take risks, where we believe, where we see beyond the horizon. We say, God, I know that you've got great things for me. I'm not going to stay back here and settle in camp, but I'm going to break free and move forward in the spirit of victory that you've given me. I'm going to break free. This is what Wood, Woodrow Kroll says. He says, save the excuses. It's not about having time. It's about making time. If it matters, you will make time. You have eternity, eternity to enjoy the honeymoon, but only a short time to prepare for the wedding. We've only got a short time to prepare for the wedding. See, we think that tomorrow is promised to us. But the Bible says that tomorrow is not promised to us. I thought that tomorrow was promised to my father. But tomorrow was not promised to my father. So now is the time to make a difference. Now is the time to start stirring faith in our heart and saying, God, I'm believing for the more. God, expand me, increase me, Father God. And I just pray, Father God, that I'd have dominion over these situations in my life. You speak and you declare. You speak, it was just last Sunday night where there was a big obstacle. There's an injury. A, a young girl was playing soccer and she broke her ankle. So there was an injury. There, there was a problem, an obstacle that popped its head up. And I just, I was up the stage. I had no idea of what happened. And I just thought in my head, there's someone with an injury in their right ankle. Can you come down the front, please? This is at, at our local church in Canberra. So this lady is carrying her daughter down the front and they're both crying and they're saying, Pastor Teo, the person that you called out is actually my daughter. Can you pray for her? And I'm telling you, the ankle was like this thick. It was blown up like a balloon. It was an obstacle and it was a problem. But who knows that when you speak life and when you declare that the obstacles are removed, God created the Word, created the world through His words. And so your words have creative power. Instead of speaking defeat over your life, say, I will have a good marriage. Say, my finances are being restored. Saying, I will live a prosperous life. I will have joy. This depression has nothing on me. So I started to speak life over the ankle. And little by little, it shrunk, it shrunk, it shrunk, it shrunk. And after a while, it went boop. And now she's playing soccer again for this season. How awesome. Come on, give God a hand. You speak life and you declare. And you see the impossible come. Everything becomes possible. So God has called us to expand, expand our faith, expand who we are. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 2 to 3 says this, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. God has called us to expand 
and to increase. I remember when Samuel and Isaac, my two boys, when they were born, and the first one, Samuel, he's seven years old now, when he was born, we put him in our room, in a little bassinet in the corner of the room. And so he was there. He kept waking me up in the middle of the night. Who knows that babies are selfish? They don't care about you. They leave crazy smells all over the place. They don't care. They'll do whatever they want. Selfish. And so there he is waking me up five times every night. I'm like, what are you doing, you selfish kid? In the bassinet, in my room. And then he grows. He grows and grows and grows. And then we give him his own room. Expanding. Naturally. And now instead of being in the bassinet, we've given him a cot. So this cot is much bigger than the bassinet. It's not like this big. It's like 1.2 meters long now, one meter width. He's expanding. And all of a sudden, he's got his own room. And he grows up. He learns how to throw fire trucks from one side of the room to the other. So we decide to create our rumpus room into the kid's toy room. Expanding. Selfish. Taking over. It's the Asian invasion. <laughs> Taking our jobs in the rumpus rooms. What are you doing, man? Jap originals. Crazy, man. Don't trust them. Trust me. <laughs> so the fire truck comes flying past them. Oh, rumpus room. It's yours now. All of a sudden, Isaac comes. Now he's in a little bassinet in my, in my room, waking me up six times a night. I'm like, you selfish kid. Selfish. And then he gets his own room. Sam gets upgraded to the larger room. In a larger bed, it's a single bed now. It's huge. It fits any full-size adult. And they've taken over two rooms, a rumpus room, and now the backyard is filled with toys and slides and whatnot. They are invading the place, but God hasn't asked us to stay settled in our mediocre lives. He's asked us to increase, to step out, to have, have dominion, to take ground for the kingdom. That's a natural progression and a strategy of God's kingdom. That's his natural process for growth is to expand. People don't like change, but too bad. God does. Oh, the worship's too passionate. Well, good luck going to heaven. It's going to be, oh! It's going to be like a Southern Baptist African-American church. Hallelujah! Lift up your hands. Ah. Even Asians will have a sweat cloth. It's going to be crazy, man. <laughs> crazy. I'm telling you. T.D. Jakes. Brian Houston might be preaching. <laughs> and the best is yet to come. You know, it's going to be crazy. Get used to passion. Get used to seeing these rooms filled up. Get used to inviting people. Get used to praying for new people to come to Christ. Get used to seeing the Teos who are broken and lost, invited to church, making a difference in their community. Let's believe. Have faith. Accept change. Pray for more. See beyond the horizon. Have a faith that stirs you to new things. And just be flexible with your life. Don't, don't settle in a place where you are camped and you're, you're comfortable. Comfortability is a dangerous place to live. Expansion is God's idea. This is what God says to Adam and Eve. Genesis chapter 1, verse 22. These are the first three commandments from God to, the, to humankind. These are the first three commandments. These are very important very important. Genesis chapter 1, verse 22. He says to Adam and Eve, he says, Be fruitful and multiply. Don't just camp in that place. Don't stay the way you have been, but be fruitful 
and multiply. This is a process, a natural progression of my kingdom. And then he says it again, just in case Adam didn't get it. He says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 now, he says, God blessed them, it says, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And all of a sudden, Noah walks out of the ark. The whole world has been devastated. He steps out of the ark. It's a new day. It's a new season. It's a new era. And the first thing that God says to Noah is, go be fruitful and multiply. I think God is trying to communicate something to planet Earth. I think God's trying to say something to you in your personal life. Be fruitful and multiply. Salvation is not just for you. It's for your neighbors. It's for your family. It's, it's for your street. It's for your suburb. It's for your city. It's for your nation. It's for the world. I was not going to settle with being saved by myself. So I led my brother to the Lord. And now he is looking after a church. And he was a drug dealer. I led my mom to the Lord. And now she's overseeing all volunteers at her church. She was an atheist. And then I led my other brother to the Lord. Now he's overseeing generations. I led my other brother to the Lord. Now he's an evangelist. I said, I will not settle. I don't care if they're involved in a gang. I don't care if they're drug dealing. I don't care if they're addicted to drugs. I'm going to bring them across to make a difference in our generation. I'm not going to settle, but I'm going to pray because I love them and I care. And if you love people, then you'll pursue them with the gospel. You'll encourage them to come across. You'll invite them to a service. Because the service has done everything. They get in here at 7 o'clock or 7.30 a.m. They practice. They're doing this. They're growing beards for Jesus over here. And they're not even strap-ons. They're real. They dress like Pastor Ben. They come here on Sunday morning. They do everything. They work with their words. And, the, and they put scriptures up on the screen. And that's Teoconda. Cool. They do everything so that it's easy for you. All you've got to do is invite a mate. Turn to the person next to you and say, invite a mate. Simple. Kingdom progression. Invite a mate. How simple is that? You're going to step into a season, guys, where God's going to start stirring your heart up for the lost like never before. You're going to begin to lead the change. You're going to begin to stop looking at people, what they're doing, and saying, I want this to change. You're going to be the change you want to see. You're going to start inviting friends to this place. I really am stirred about that. I really sense that in my spirit. That there's people in here that have never really shared their faith before. They've never shared their story before. But you're going to be activated in sharing your story and the gospel message very effectively. The person that led me to the Lord, and I come from a background of drug addiction, of criminal behavior, of court case after court case, of a, a father that died in my arms from an overdose. And the story that led me to Christ was from Kevin Wilson. This guy, he grew up in a perfect family, had two parents that loved him, both white, white picket fence, had a dog in the back and a pool out the back. His parents loved him. His parents are just, they're just best friends. They got a great healthy marriage and they raised wonderful kids and they're best friends with their kids. And that message led me to the altar. It led me to my knees and I said, I want that God. Touch my life now. Your story, no matter what it is, is very significant. God wants you to expand and increase your influence so that you can make a difference in your generation. It's not just you. Actually, every time you open up your mouth, the Holy Spirit's going to back you. Every word you say with His power. 
The power isn't in necessarily what you do or what you say. It's in the Holy Spirit confirming the gospel message in your life. Come on, let's give God a hand. I'm getting so excited. Woo! Expand, increase. Tapping in to a supernatural capacity and ability in your life. What am I able to do? What, what am I capable of doing? I believe that God has given us a supernatural to put over our natural so that we can do incredible exploits for God. That, that we can tear down the walls of Jericho. That we, we can break down the walls of the enemy. He's trying to stop people from entering into a place of rest, into a place where they are loved by God, into a place where, where God arrests their soul and says, I love you and I've got a purpose for you. The enemy is working full time, 24-7, yeah. every week, every month every year to stop people from knowing Jesus, but we've got a supernatural ability and capacity to take down the strongholds, to have dominion. This is a guy called David in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verse 18, talks about David. And it's a picture of us as a church. It's a picture of us as, as the body of Christ today. This is what the Bible says about David. It says, a man named Jesse who lives in Bethlehem has a son who can play the harp. And one official said, he's a brave warrior. He's good looking. Just chuck that one in there. And all the ladies said, Amen. <laughs> it's good looking. He can speak well. And the Lord has anointed him. Woo! Total package. Just like Tristan. <laughs> Tristan, I want to see you get up here with a harp and grow a beard. And I'll be like, man, Jesus is coming back tomorrow. For sure. Tapping into supernatural ability and capacity. David, just an ordinary guy, a shepherd who is hidden by his father at the back, digging up sheep, sheep, sheep poo for a living. <laughs> what do you do for a living? Oh, I just um, mess with sheep poo. Great, bro. Hey, the Bible says the most unlikely people called by God. Everyone doubted him. No one looked at him saying, that's the guy. God looks at you the same. That's my girl. That's my guy. That's my guy. That's my man. That's the person I'm going to use. The most unlikely of these. The Bible says he could play the harp. He could lead. He could pray with power. He had the gift of healing. He was an orator. He was a shepherd. And he was anointed by God. He was multifaceted and multi-talented. And I believe that in this generation, God's going to give us a supernatural ability and capacity to expand his kingdom. It's a supernatural entity, the kingdom of God. That's why we need His supernatural to outwork it, to grow it. God is using you. God is calling you. God is calling you to make a difference in Bright Church. You're a contributor. You know your significance doesn't come in your role or your title at this church. Your significance comes from your contribution as you serve. That's where your significance. Imagine a puzzle without some pieces. It just doesn't look right. You are a piece to the puzzle, but you are a very significant piece to the puzzle. Where God wants to take Bright Church, it's going to take all of you to step up and to step out and to believe like never before. You're going to see a community rise up that you will look back three years from now and go, what the heck? That is what God has got for you. God's got a building waiting for you. 
Don't just sit there and be comfortable. Don't settle in that place. Believe for more. Start praying. God, we're believing for a thousand souls by the end of the year. Believe because God has great things beyond your wildest dreams and imaginations. Great things for you. Don't settle. This is what happened when they built the Tower of Babylon. They met in a place called Sheena. From all different parts, they came together to build, collectively build, the Tower of Babel in a place called Sheena. And Sheena means settled, that word. And so they arrive at Sheena, they settle, and they're like, let's just stop here and let's try and get to God through our own means, through our own ways. And so they build a tower to try and get to God. And you know what God does? He confuses the people. And he gives them a different tongue and a different language. And then he disperses them right across the continents of the world. And therefore, they get an identity. They get their own identity to be able to reach people where they are supposed to be. And so we're not supposed to settle in a place where we can't, where we, our lives are complacent. We're just like, you know what, I'm going to stay here. God has called us to go out into our community, to come back here. And be empowered and inspired. That's what a Sunday service is. But then to go out into the highways and byways and invite people back into the house of God. You've got a language. You live in your world. And you're called at that workplace or at that school or wherever you go. Your family. You're called to be a missionary where God is sending you. He's going to give you a particular language. You're going to reach people that necessarily the pastors can't reach. You are called to reach the people that God has placed you with. Do not settle. Have dominion. God is giving you dominion. He's given you an authority and a power to, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. He's given you keys to the kingdom. He's given you a power. And so what I found myself in a place of defeat is I said to myself, I'm not going to expand. I'm not going to increase. I'm not going to have dominion. And I found myself going back to that place in the hospital. And there I am as a young teenager holding my father in my arms. And I look him in the eyes. And I say, Father, I've never been in church before in my life. I say, Father, I forgive you. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit touched my life even before I ever went to church. And He said, Teo, forgive Him and tell Him you love Him. So I'm holding Him in my arms. The Father that never attended my assemblies, never told me He loved me. It hurt me deeply. Wounds and scars from abuse in me, tattooed in my soul. And I'm holding Him and God says, forgive Him and tell Him you love Him. I said, no, do it, Teo. Do it, Taya. So I hold him in my arms and I look him in the eyes and I say, Father, I love you. I love you. And there and then God released him. And he died in my arms. And I just wonder, what would have happened if I held on to that bitterness? What would have happened if I if I held on to that hurt, where would I be right now? 
Where would I be right now if I held on to the things of the past and I let them dictate my future? Where would I be right now? And I just believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to people even right now saying there's things that need to move. There's things you need to let go. God is the promised land for you. He's got incredible blessings for your marriage, for your family, for your children, for your finances. But there's something that needs to shift. There's something that you need to let go of. I'm just going to ask everybody to stand to their feet. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.